Welcome to Truth 101 with Dr. Greg Ammons, a podcast which examines tenets of the Christian faith in a systematic way. Dr. Ammons serves as a local church pastor and professor of theology in the undergraduate, master's, and doctoral levels, bringing years of experience into the theological arena. Now, here's Dr. Ammons. Just because the Bible can be understood, does that mean that it will always be understood? Hi, this is Dr. Greg Ammons. Welcome to Truth 101, a podcast where we look at the doctrines of the Christian faith in a systematic way. And we are going through the 600 series now, looking at the doctrine of Scripture. And in our last episode, we looked at part one of the clarity or the perspicuity of Scripture. And we saw how God has given to us His Word in a way that can be understood. I mentioned in our last episode also about Roman Catholic teaching that does not believe in the clarity of Scripture, the perspicuity of, of God's Word, that a person can pick up the Bible and understand it for themselves. They believe in what's called magisterium, which means the mind of the church. So in other words, the church has to be the one that interprets the Bible for you. As evangelical Christians, we do not believe that. We believe that the Bible itself can be understood in the hands of the laity. Why do we believe that? Well, we've been looking at that in the last episode, and we will look at it again in this episode as well. I want to remind you a definition of, of a perspicuity of Scripture or the clarity of Scripture is it means that the Bible is written in such a way that it is able to be understood. But right understanding of it requires certain conditions. We talked about some of those in our last episode, condition of time and effort and uh, what's called or by the Westminster Confession of Faith, ordinary means and then a willingness to obey what you hear and then the help of the Holy Spirit who gives us understanding. Let's go a little bit further now and talk more about some implications of the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture. Clarity is a property of Scripture, not a property of the readers. And what I mean by that is the clarity of Scripture affirms that the Bible is able to be understood rightly, but it doesn't mean that it will always be understood rightly. Every believer in Jesus retains some measure of sin, and that can distort our understanding of Scripture. So our, under, our understanding is, is partial because we're finite. We're finite, human, sinful creatures. And so because of this, that means sometimes our understanding of Scripture may not always be accurate. Luke chapter 9, verses 44 and 45 Jesus said, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, the Bible tells us. For it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask Him about this saying. Also, John chapter 20, verses 8 and 9, it says, Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first at the resurrection went in and saw and believed for as they yet did not understand the Scripture that He must 
rise from the dead, end quote. That's John 20, verses 8 and 9. So there are passages that tell us that even Jesus' followers did not fully understand everything from the Scriptures. In addition, there will always be in the church some who, who willfully misunderstand and distort what the Bible says. That's unfortunate, but it is true. Second Peter 3 addresses that whenever he said, quote, There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures, end quote. That's 2 Peter 3.16. So, you're always going to have those also in the church who will try to dis, uh, distort or twist Scripture in some way. So the clarity of Scripture guarantees that although the Bible is capable of being understood rightly, it doesn't mean that all believers of all time will understand it correctly. So the clarity of Scripture is a doctrine about its understandability, not about how various believers actually understand it. So, uh, David, you might remember, Psalm 139 verse 6 says that comprehensive knowledge of God's Word is a little beyond him. He says, quote, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Uh, it is high. I cannot attain it. And so, that tells us that, that there may be understanding that's limited for us uh, as believers as we read Scripture. There, there is an initial level of understanding, I believe, available to just first-time readers of the Bible. But as we look at the deeper levels of meaning, I believe that comes with further reading and further growth in Christian maturity. There are some things you can understand about the Bible right away. A child can understand right away. But then there are other things about Scripture that take growth and, and deep Christian maturity to understand it. Hebrews 5 verse 14 says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So question may come, why is there always more that we can learn from Scripture? Well, one reason is because I believe this, the Word of God is a product of the infinite wisdom of God and who's, who will be able to understand the mind of God totally in this lifetime. Another reason might be because understanding Scripture rightly is not merely a matter of understanding the individual sentences and paragraphs, but it's also a matter of understanding how the verses relate together and combine together what they mean and how God has placed it into context. What does that context mean? And how does that relate to our culture 2,000 years later? So there's a lot going on in Scripture. But I do believe that we can understand it. But just because we can understand it doesn't mean that we always will understand it. So here's another question that someone might ask concerning the clarity of Scripture. We might ask why God did not give us something simpler, something where our understanding would be instantaneous and automatic. Why, why didn't God give us a word, the Bible, that we could understand instantaneously, automatically, and something much simpler than what He gave us? 
Well, there, there may be several reasons for that. I, I don't know for certain. The Bible doesn't really tell us. But just thinking about it, God communicated to human beings in Scripture with the purpose of guiding the entire belief system and the lifelong conduct of billions of different people, hundreds of different cultures, throughout centuries of history. And infinite, infinite God is telling us about Himself and His purpose in all of creation. So the subject matter is vast, and that crosses over generations and cultures. And, and so you're talking about a very complex subject matter, first of all. But, but another reason might be is that God delights in the value of relationship. God teaches us in relationship with Himself. So the prayers for understanding that are found in the Bible indicate an awareness that Scripture is rightly understood only in the context of a personal relationship with God through Jesus. And not only that, it appears that God values lifelong processes. God causes us to delight in the process of growing in likeness to Him, not instantaneously making us like Him, but allowing us to grow in our understanding of Scripture and understanding of Himself. And it's a, it's a part of what's called sanctification, where we're becoming sanctified and more like Christ. So, God seems to delight in process, for He delights in gradually disclosing His glory over time. Folks, he, he took delight in creating the world, not in one day, but in six days. And He took delight in promising that the seed of a woman would bruise the head of the serpent and then preparing the way for thousands of years for that to happen before the fullness of time finally came, as mentioned in Galatians 4.4. 4. And God has taken delight in building and purifying His church over the past 2,000 years, and He has taken delight in continually increasing in the knowledge of Himself as He reveals to us His Word. And so, so there, there just seems to be something about a process that God values. The process of understanding more of Scripture and more of God is, is one that will never end in this life. And I expect it may not end in the age to come. We're, we are finite. We're going to rejoice in the unending and delightful processes of learning more about our infinite Creator probably as we go through eternity. And so that's why I believe some of the reasons why Maybe why God just doesn't give us something instantaneous and automatic and, and quick and easy to understand the very first time that we read it. Now, the theological reasons, I believe, for affirming the clarity of Scripture probably found in the nature of God Himself. He is the omnipotent God who created the marvelous gift of human language so that we could use it to communicate clearly and He could communicate with us. He is the infinitely wise God who knows the most effective way to communicate with us. He is the infinitely loving God who cares for His people and desires to communicate clearly with us. And He is the truly personal God 
who delights in interpersonal communication. He is the omnipresent God who remains ever near us. So because of His character, I believe is the reason God has provided for us the perspicuity of Scripture, the clarity of the Bible itself. Now there, there are those that object to the clarity of Scripture. I've already talked a little bit about the Roman Catholic Church. and In fact, in the last episode, I shared with you a, uh, an article written by the Catholic Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, talking about the clarity of Scripture and saying that it's simply not a biblical teaching. The catechisms of the Catholic Church explain that the correct interpretation of Scripture must come from the teaching officers of the church themselves. And so they, they are ones, uh, Roman Catholics uh, are, are ones that, that deny the clarity of Scripture. Postmodern hermeneutics has denied it. Um, liberal theologians have denied it. But I believe that, that Scripture can be understood by, just in the hands of the layman, by laity, as they read it with the Holy Spirit's empowering. Now, let me close uh, this uh, episode talking about the, the, the clarity of Scripture with, with four implications of why this doctrine is important. Why is it important that we believe in the perspicuity of Scripture? One, uh, one, one implication is, is because the meaning of Scripture can be known, and I think it's important for people to understand. The clarity of Scripture implies, first of all, that the various texts of Scripture and Scripture as a whole has a, have, have meanings that, that can be known. It assures us that we proclaim the gospel of message with confidence knowing what it says, what it means, and we can, it's important for evangelism. We can, we can share Jesus. The clarity of Scripture reminds us that we as Christians should, should be reading the Bible in our daily lives. Don't just wait for the church to interpret it for you. Read it daily yourself. Encounter the God of creation and the God of salvation in Jesus in those pages of Scripture every day as you read them. Clarity of Scripture, I believe, encourages us that we can teach biblical doctrine in our churches. We do not limit ourselves to teach just Old Testament theology or Pauline theology or eschatology. We, we can teach all of it as biblical doctrine for our churches. And not only that, the clarity of Scripture encourages us also that we can teach biblical ethics to our churches of how to live. How then should we live in Christ, as Francis Schaeffer asked the question. So, the first implication, the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture, is the meaning of Scripture can be known and can give us confidence as we preach and teach and share the gospel of Jesus. But here's the second implication of why I believe that the doctrine of clarity is important. And that is because translations of the Bible should be encouraged. Second implication is that the church itself should be constantly giving people the Bible in their own language, in their own translations. Now, the Quran, uh, which Islam teaches as their holy book, they don't believe that the Quran can be properly translated. 
the Bible contains the justification for its own translation, I believe, because the New Testament authors frequently quote from the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Old Testament. And so New Testament writers are quoting a translation, the Greek, uh, the Hebrew into the Greek, and they use it as the Word of God. So by this process, they justify, I believe, the work of translation of Scripture into other languages. So the conviction that people should be able to have a translated Bible in their own language is a very important doctrine and aspect of the clarity of Scripture. I, I am a, I'm, I'm a beneficiary of the Bible being translated into English. I did not know Greek. I did not know Hebrew. Uh, when I came to know Jesus, I had a Bible in English that told me of a God who loved me that sent His Son to die on the cross, rise again powerfully for my justification. And, and I, I read that and I was taught that in, in the English language. So, the conviction that the people should have the Bible translated their own language is based very largely upon the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture. So, if Scripture is able to be understood by ordinary believers, and if Scripture is able to be translated and gives warrant for its own translation, then we as the body of Christ should eagerly embrace translated Scriptures into the languages of people everywhere and really be a part of that. In fact, that conviction has actually changed history, if you think about it. A conviction about the clarity of Scripture led John Wycliffe and William Tyndale and others to risk their lives in order to translate the Bible into English. And I'm thankful for John Wycliffe and William Tyndale. And that conviction about the clarity of Scripture led Martin Luther to risk his life and spend nearly a year in hiding to translate the New Testament into German and later the Old Testament as well. So, a conviction about the but perspicuity of Scripture has led thousands of Wycliffe Bible translators and many others to devote their entire lives to translating Scripture into thousands of other languages, and I'm thankful for that. So that's the second implication, I believe, of why this doctrine is important. But a third implication is, I think, just very obvious, and that is Scripture reading should be encouraged. The third implication of the clarity of Scripture is that churches should strongly encourage everyday believers to personally read the Bible for themselves, have regular small group Bible studies, study God's Word together in Sunday school, uh, hear it preached from, the, from, from uh, the pulpit, but most of all, read it along each day, every single day, read God's Word and the perspicuity of Scripture, I believe the doctrine implies we should be reading the Bible daily. But here's a fourth implication that I believe is very important for us to mention uh, before we leave the topic of the, doc the doctrine of, of clarity. And that is, when Christians disagree, the fault is not with the Bible. When Christians disagree over doctrine, the fault is not with the Bible. The existence of many disagreements about the meaning of Scripture throughout history 
reminds us that the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture does not imply or suggest that every believer is going to agree on all teachings of the Bible. It does tell us something very important, that the problem always lies not with Scripture, but it lies with ourselves. It lies, it lies with us. The situation is in fact similar to that of the authority of Scripture. Whereas we affirm that the words of the Bible have the authority of God Himself, we also realize that many people do not acknowledge that authority or submit themselves to it. We affirm that all the teachings of Scripture are clear and able to be understood. But we also recognize that people, yes, we have shortcomings, often misunderstand what is clearly written in Scripture. So the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture, therefore, has a very important, ultimately very encouraging practical implication. It tells us that where there are areas of doctrinal or ethical disagreements, there are really only possible, two possible causes for the disagreements. On the one hand, it may be that we're seeking to make affirmations where Scripture itself is silent. That, that helps. That, 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 uh, that actually happens. Or it could be, on the other hand, it's possible that we have made mistakes in our interpretation of Scripture, and that happens as well. But in no case are we free to say that the teachings of the Bible on any subject is confusing or incapable of being misunderstood uh, or understood correctly. In, in, in no case should we think that persistent disagreements on some subject through the history of the church mean that we will be unable to come to some correct conclusion on the subject ourselves. If a genuine concern about some subject comes up in our lives, I think we should sincerely ask God's help, go to Scripture, searching through it, believing God will somehow enable us to rightly understand the Bible if we come to it without any kind of preconceived notions. So, we admit there have been many doctrinal disagreements in the history of the church. There's no doubt that has been, that has been true. But we must not forget that there have been some, an amazing amount of doctrinal agreement on the most central truths of Scripture throughout the history of the church as well. We have had opportunities for fellowship with Christians in other parts of the world and we discovered the remarkable fact that whenever we find a group of vital Christians, almost immediately a vast amount of agreement on the central doctrines of the Christian faith become apparent. And why is this true? It's no matter what the society or culture or denominational affiliation, why is that true? It's because they've all been reading and believing the same Bible with its primary teachings for years. And those primary teachings have been clear. No matter the culture, no matter the denomination, no matter the society, it's interesting the central tenets of what the Bible teaches have become clear to many people throughout the centuries. So let me just summarize. The clarity or perspicuity of Scripture is no minor doctrine. It provides us the basis that, that gave us the Bible in our own language. It provides the basis for thinking 
We can read the Bible and understand it for ourselves. We don't need the church to interpret it. It provides the basis for thinking that we have a gospel message to proclaim and we can proclaim it knowing it's the truth. This doctrine provides the basis for thinking that we can know what God wants us to believe and how He wants us to live. It provides the basis for thinking that detailed study of the Bible, even academic study of the Bible, has great value to us because it will lead us to a fuller understanding of God Himself. And this doctrine of clarity assures us that our infinite Creator, whom we seek to know and worship, has loved us enough to speak to us words we can understand and where we can follow Him. As Jesus said, John 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, I am thankful today that God has given to us a word that we can have in our hands, that we can read, that we can know through the Holy Spirit's inspiration. God has spoken to us through the pages of Scripture. The clarity of Scripture is an accurate doctrine God has given to us. God bless you today. Join us next time as we continue to look at more aspects of God's Word at Truth 101. You have been listening to Truth 101 with Dr. Greg Ammons. We hope you have enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on recent sermons by Dr. Ammons, go to www.fbcgarland.org and join us next time for Truth 101.